What's going on, everyone? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this is episode 145 of the Adult Education Podcast. Today, I am speaking with country singer Hannah Ellis. Thanks for checking out the show today. I just appreciate the fact that you're willing to share some of your day with me and the Adult Education Podcast. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the family. I would love it for you to subscribe to the show so you're updated for all future episodes and feel free to reach out and connect with me. The best way to do that is through Instagram. We're at Adult Education Podcast. You can see what new episodes are posted and you can DM me with any comments, questions, and suggestions for future topics or guests. I always love to hear from people that listen to the show. I I apologize that this episode has been a bit delayed. I've been fighting this cold for about a week and a half now, and I, I kept waiting and hoping it would go away before I recorded the intro so I wouldn't sound like someone was holding my nose while I spoke to you, but here we are, and I'm still struggling with this, so I didn't want to hold off anymore. I wanted to make sure that I shared this conversation because I was so proud of it, and I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to speak with Hannah Ellis. She's a country singer from Kentucky. I met her, gosh, what feels like a couple of years ago now. Uh, there was something special with what she was bringing to the table. I just knew it from the first meeting with her. Fast forward to 2024, and Hannah just released her debut album. It's called That Girl, and it's a candidate for my favorite album of the year. It's so good, so impressive, and just a ton of layers on the record. You really get to feel the different emotions, and it it feels genuine. I wanted to learn more about Hannah's life. What was it like growing up in Kentucky? Her audition for The Voice that didn't work out, but ended up being the best thing that could have happened to her, and we'll talk about the music, too in the conversation. I really enjoyed this one. I hope you do too. And I hope you check out Hannah's music. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? So good. Good. I was just listening to your album. You caught me in the middle of it. I guess. I love that. (laughs) Don't mind my album poster just up on my piano behind me. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's good. That's good. Why wouldn't you celebrate your own success, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. All the artists that are like too cool for school and don't want to have like anything of their own hanging up anywhere. I'm like, this is your work. You worked hard on this. Celebrate it. Right. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. I love the record. And I don't mean to say that in a way that sounds surprising. I'm just so happy with what you were able to come through with this. I think it's amazing. Thank you. But you know what? I actually appreciate that you're like, wait, I seriously love this because I feel like there's a lot of music to weed through these days. There's a lot of music to listen to. So for you to choose to listen to my record, it's like, that's always going to be flattering to me because a person can release a song that's good or something that you resonate with, but for, for a project to come out and someone to say, no, I like the whole thought. That's like the goal. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, the way music has changed where it is very single driven and people are putting out one song Mm -hmm. at a time, you only get a certain look at an artist. Like I've heard a few of your songs, but that's the only look at you that I've had. And then you put out this project with all these songs and I'm like, damn, there's a lot of different layers to this that I wasn't expecting to hear. And it's just incredible to hear the whole thing together. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, that was why I was very intentional about like even the order of the songs. Cause I feel like it's kind of like, okay, we're getting to know her. There's the country can and the us, very fun songs, uh, wine country. That's all near the top. And then we start kind of like going deeper as the record goes on, you know, and then we still have fun moments at the back that are more personal fun, you know, about my family and about my friends. But then, you know, you land on that song. That's like, extremely vulnerable. My, my thought there was, if you've spent 12 songs getting to know me, you deserve to know all of me, you know? 
Yeah, no, I like that. And I love the fun songs, but I think it is some of those like ballads and slower songs that drew me in. Like that girl, I think is incredible. Um, still Thank is probably you. my second favorite song on the record. I mean, these are these are songs that get deep and they they're the real emotional yeah. moments of the record that they they pull me in and they grab me. Oh, good. Well, I'm so glad to hear it. <laughs> Uh, well, Hannah, I've been lucky enough to spend a little bit of time with you over the last couple of years with our good friend Allison right. uh, with your record label. But I, I, I would like to learn a little bit more about you, if that's OK. Yeah, come on. All right. So I know Kentucky. Kentucky is where you're from. The town is Campbellsville. But tell me, what is life like in Campbellsville, Kentucky? What's it like to grow up there, be a kid and start your life? You know, what's really funny is I feel like it's the quintessential small town America raising, if you will, you know, your church on Sundays and Wednesdays when you were growing up in the 90s, like I did, you know, everybody at the church also goes to all of the football games on Friday night. And it's just that really, you know, and I had I had an experience that I'm grateful for, which is where home in a hometown came from, where I did feel really supported by my hometown when I ran off to chase my musical dreams. Um, they wanted to play me on the radio. They wanted me to come home and sing songs. You know, I feel like that that community really did raise me, really did pour into me. You know, it's just every movie that you've ever seen about small towns. I feel like it's exactly that in all the best ways. I love that. I love that you talk about the community as a whole, too, because I think a lot of people have family that are willing to sacrifice a lot for them and they have some friends that yeah. really work hard. But when you talk about an entire community, I don't know if a lot of people are able to say that. So I think that's kind of cool that you've got this background yeah. where like a lot of people that are, quote unquote, strangers are like, no, we want this girl to succeed. We want her to be a big star. Absolutely. And I think that's just been such a cool piece of my journey, even like my Facebook or my Instagram, when the record came out, the amount of people from Campbellsville that were either sharing it, posting about it, commenting, being like, you go girl, you know, it really has been heartwarming to say the least. Um, and I've always really felt that from my hometown. Mm, that's awesome. What For you, was music always a part of your life? Like were your parents really into music? Like what was it that brought you into music? So my parents were both very good singers and used to sing at weddings on the weekends. They're wedding singers, like a lot of weekends of my youth. Um, but I mean, the second that I could even like form a sentence, almost we were singing in front of the camera, my older sister and I, my dad would be like, okay, here, uh, sing this song. Okay. You know, on those big, like camcorders. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so I feel like it's just been second nature for me, my whole life to be singing, to be on a stage, to have this big personality, to love the spotlight. And my parents really encouraged that in all of us, you know, just go for it. If you've got dreams, chase them down. And, and these were mine and they just totally supported that and, and put me in every contest they possibly could and just had a blast singing growing up. I always wonder with that, when you've got parents that are super into the same things, did you ever get the feeling that they were sort of like living vicariously through you where they were like, wow, you know, we didn't have that opportunity, but you know what? Our kid could really do something here. You know, what's funny about that. It's an interesting answer because I would say like, yes and no. Like I definitely think specifically my dad like had dreams of going to Nashville, but he didn't have the means when he was younger. Like that's just not the family he came from. And so I do think it made him, more earnest about making sure that we had the means to chase down something that was maybe kind of crazy to some people. 
Um, so like in a way, yes, I think there was some, like, I wanted that and wasn't able to have it, but only in the positive sense of the word, meaning I want to make sure that like my kids can chase down their dreams and move to Nashville and at least get a start, get a little bit of a start to go off and figure it out. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, you've met my daughter before. She just turned three and she uh, like walks around the house making up her own songs right now. Like whatever yeah. is going on, she's just singing about that. We went for a walk a little while ago and we have a, a kind of a broken sidewalk and I was like, watch out for the crack. And like the next 10 minutes of the walk, she's like, watch the crack, watch the crack. And like, just, but I love that. It's crazy. I love it too, but I, I'm nervous. Like I feel like I'm going to have like some sort of you <laughs> know, performer. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. But, you know, I think that's just what was always cool. And something I have to give just credit to both my parents for is for all of us kids, they were like, whatever it is that you're passionate about, like, go after it. You know, like my older sister moved to Washington, D.C. because she was passionate about politics, which sounds crazy. Who would who, why? But <laughs> but, you know, they were like, yeah, go for it. And I'm like, I want to be a country music singer. I want to move to Nashville. And they're like, yeah, go for it. So I definitely think that's been a huge blessing in my life that it wasn't something I had to overcome, like family not supporting. Mm, that is really helpful to have that on your side. So I'm guessing you were, you, you mentioned church. Were you in the church choir? Did you do all the standard stuff that we hear oh, about? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. We did the church. I would do, you know, you sing the specials at church. And then also we were, my hometown, I it's like we were basically like glee, like show choir nice. in my hometown was like, it's like the thing, like everybody who's anybody tries to be in show choir. Like it's like the thing, you know? So that was obviously something that was really important to me going into high school and just really helpful to just not only like figure out myself and my singing voice and my stage presence, but also just like working with other people and what that looks like in a theatrical or musical kind of world. I wonder too, I mean, you were obviously very busy and involved in a lot of different things, but were there any like early incarnations of like a Hannah Ellis band back in the day? You know, that's so funny. Not, I would say college. Okay. Cause I didn't know that I wanted to do music for a living until 18, like okay. right before I graduated high school, I had this hysterical, well, it's hysterical now. Um, I took my little sister to see the Hannah Montana movie and I cried the entire time um, because I was so like overcome with the idea that I could do that, that like I was supposed to do that. So I go home. I'm like crying to my parents. I'm like, I'm supposed to be a singer for a living. And they're like, calm down. And they're like, you feel emotional right now. Let's talk about it in the morning. And like, you know, let's let's see what's up there. And and we did, and, and you know, they were kind of like, hey, this is not a sport that you can start and quit in a year, which I was notorious for. And <laughs> and so I was like, no, I really genuinely feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, once I got to college, kind of that summer before, I got with a band, and it was like, some guys that my dad knew that were like my dad's age that used to play, you know what I mean? So like my band were all my dad's age for like the first three or four years of my musical life. Then we kind of, you know, started meeting guys that were a little younger. We slowly got down to my own age bracket. Right. As I grew, they kind of, the, the, we met in the middle, 
but uh but no it was really awesome and like all those guys took care of me because I just was clueless you know I'm 18 and trying to like play four-hour shows in restaurants and bars and anywhere that people would let me play Eddie Montgomery from Montgomery Gentry had a steakhouse about uh, 45 minutes outside of Lexington which is where I went to college so that was kind of my weekend gig which I would play that steakhouse on the weekends. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you four hours, like me and the band would just get up there and get after it for, you know, covers and originals and the whole, the whole thing, but definitely paid my dues all the way through college. I'm always amazed by those bands you would see at the bars and restaurants and stuff, because you see, say you go to a, like a real concert, right? Like the headliner plays for an hour, hour 20, whatever it is, but you go to like a bar on a weekend. If you're there for, I mean, they're up like three, four sets, like 45 minutes to an hour long each. Like, this is amazing. Not only to be able to have the stamina to perform for that long, but to also remember all of those songs. <laughs> Right. All right. Exactly. And I feel like that it's so funny to me now because now if someone's like, all right, 90 minutes set, I'm like, dang, that's long. <laughs> Who was it? We just saw Kylie Morgan was just in town and she was wearing these Love really her. big heels and somebody commented, they're like, damn girl, you're going to be up on stage with those. She's like, these are 20 minute set heels. I have that's different right. heels for 60 minute sets and for 30 minute sets. <laughs> I literally have a couple pairs of shoes that I call my sitting shoes. Yes, They're for like interviews, right? Like I come in, I walk in, I do maybe a song and then we sit down and chat. Like there's those shoes. Then there's like, okay, we got a long night ahead of us shoes. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. I love that you have everything planned out. Uh, so in oh, yeah. college at the University of Kentucky, uh, you get through four years, but you're in your playing music, obviously. And then you decide that it's time to try to take it to the next level. What made you want to wait to get through college first? You know, that was kind of that initial conversation I had with my parents. It was, hey, you have a full ride scholarship because I had an academic scholarship oh, wow. to University of Kentucky. They're like, it's free college. It just feels a little silly to not at least do that. And, you know, every parent's going to be like, hey, let's have a backup plan for our, for our dream job here. And so I feel like the first year it was, oh, a backup plan. And then from there, I felt like it was just kind of, I'm a very goal oriented person. I like to kind of check boxes. I like my gold stars. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to get this done. So I actually graduated in three and a half years because I, I just knew that I wanted to finish college. I knew I wanted to just complete that. But I also knew I wanted to get to Nashville. So I was like taking summer courses and winter courses to try to like expedite the process. And yeah, I think that for me, I also was a marketing major or ISC is what it's called. Integrated Strategic Communication. A really long name for marketing yeah. and PR. But it was really beneficial to me because as you know, an artist is a product, right? I mean, so it's really been something I've been able to utilize and use as an artist to promote myself, to promote my music. I feel like I use those tools all the time. And I think I, it was a little bit of a, it was like I eased into the music business. Cause I would come to Nashville all the time, all through college. I didn't just stay in Lexington because it's only about a three hour drive. I would try to schedule my classes, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so Mondays and Fridays, I could come down to Nashville, meet people, write some songs. So that was kind of my way of almost like easing into the industry. So when I did move here, I at least knew some people, knew about the community, knew kind of like 
the ins and outs a little bit to where it wasn't just like cold turkey, we're moving, and I don't know anybody, let's go, which I applaud people that do it that way. No, I mean, and, and you know very well that when you do finally get to Nashville full time, like it's not a guarantee that things are going to happen for you right away. Like there's a lot of work yeah. that goes into it. And there's people that move there at 18 years old that may never have a single until 35, 36, you know, so I, I do, Absolutely. I kind of think I love the way you did it, where you did take advantage of that opportunity at Kentucky, but you still mm-hmm. worked your best way around that to ease your way. in. I think that, I think it's smart, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And you know, it's just, it was, that was my path. And I think you can get a little caught up on like, Oh man, if I'd moved here when I was 18, would it be different? And for me, I'll just speak on my own experience and say, I'm very glad that I got to go through the 18 to 20 year phase of my life, not in the town I work in. (laughs) Like we got to get some of those maybe less smart decisions out not in Nashville, which for me was a good thing. Oh yeah, for sure. I think about that in my life. I mean, I'm not an artist, but just in general, like I'm so glad that I took the time to go through some of these standard processes of, of, you know, going to college, living your life, because if I had just gone right into trying to do music or radio or something right out of high school, I would have lost everything so fast. Oh yeah. Well, it's just that it's that same old adage that we're, you know, I also thought I deserved a record deal at 23. Right. Had I gotten it then when I was still trying to be Taylor Swift, had I gotten it when I was still trying to be Casey Musgraves or Maren Morris, like not being fully who I was, it would have not worked. You know, like the timing of of the music business is the way it is, because I think for some of us, it takes us a while to find our voice, to find our artistic lane and sound. And now, you know, I've been saying about this record um, it feels like an exhale for me. Mm. It's the first time, honestly, in my probably musical career that I've felt content, which is kind of like almost a terrifying feeling for a person who's like very competitive and driven like me. But it's it's because I feel very pleased with the project and with what it says and what it says about me. And, you know, there's my husband, Nick. Hey, Nick. <laughs> <Hey> there. <laughs> and I think that's what, I was so excited about getting this out because I am sure of the artist I am. I do know the lane that I live in. I And I know my, my place in this country music family. Younger me did not know any of that stuff. Well, I think it goes back to something we said at the beginning of this conversation about celebrating those wins and those moments in your life. I understand what you say when you say you're competitive and it's weird to feel content, but you should be able to bask in that glow for a little bit. You put so much effort and so many years into this. I I know you want to hit the, you know, hit the ground running and do some more things, but you really need to just take that moment and say, damn, I really did it. I did it. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, not to take away from like child bearing, but like, it'd be like the day after your child's born, you're like, man, we gotta, we gotta have another one. Like what? (laughs) You're like, yes, that's cool. But like, we made a child. Like, Let's enjoy this for a minute first. And then. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it has been, it's been really fun. And like, definitely we have so much more music that we can't wait to get out. But I have like at least taken these couple weeks to kind of just go, I'm so proud of this. I'm so excited about this and just excited, you know, like you were saying like, Oh, I really love this song and that song and see what people gravitate towards what people want more of from me, which side of me do they want to see more of? What do we need to lean more into for 
the next music that we we come out with, you know? Yeah, and you and you made another comment there too about figuring out who you are and what your sound is. You're not just trying to imitate yeah. other people anymore. You've figured out who Hannah Ellis is. I do feel like you can hear their influences in your music, but it still has a very distinct Hannah sound, right? Like yeah. I can hear Taylor, I can hear Casey, I can hear Marin, but I hear right. a lot more Hannah in there than them. I love to hear that so much because I think like that is the hardest part of just being a, a musician, being an artist is to take the things that inspire you and to kind of, you know, like I said, breathe those in and then exhale exactly what it is that you do, what you bring to the format. It's just a journey and everyone's different in that. Some people, I feel like they're born knowing exactly their place and their path as an artist. And some of us, it's like, I love so many things that it was, it took me a while to kind of go, oh, okay, I can love all these things and they can actually all blend together and create something that is uniquely me. One of the things going back to your your past a little bit that I think is really interesting is that you auditioned for The Voice and didn't make mm-hmm. it, but in a way it was kind of a blessing to not make it. And I, I think a lot of people see those shows and think, well, that exposure must be great. Getting the coaching must be awesome, which I'm sure right. in a lot of ways it is. But when you get on those shows, sometimes you're locked into situations you don't necessarily want to be locked into. So it was kind of a situation where you didn't get picked and it was the best possible thing for you. It was so serendipitous because, you know, about you go out there for four weeks, four weeks to shoot like two minutes of TV, you know. Um, So I'm out there for a whole month and about maybe like a week or a week and a half before my actual audition, like the real live we're singing for the judges moment, I got an email from a publisher here in Nashville that was like, hey, we've been hearing some of your songs. We're really interested in finding a female to add to our roster. And we just think that you have some really cool songs and really cool stuff. And we want to talk to you about offering you a publishing deal. And I remember calling my dad and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I make it on this show, that's at least like, I think it was like six months minimum that just, just getting a chair turned mm. made all those, con- cause you sign all the contracts and then they don't go into effect in, if you don't make the team, right? You don't, none of it happens, but if it does, it's like six months and you can, at that time, I think it's changed now at that time you couldn't sign any kind of like musical like deal or whatever. Um, so I'm calling him and I'm kind of like, what do I say back to them? Hey, nobody's supposed to know I'm even out here. Um, and I was like, so I don't really, I can't really like, well, I'm doing this thing, you know? Um, I kind of was like, give me two weeks, <laughs> you know? And so it was very odd because literally, you know, I go, I do my audition. I don't get a chair turn. And then I'm leaving and they do this like post audition interview. Like, I mean, almost like of the second you step off the stage and I, it was weird because on one hand, I mean, your pride is majorly injured, no sure. matter, no matter. And so I was feeling that, but then there was this other like relief almost because I was like, oh, I can go back to Nashville and start these conversations for a publishing deal. And that's just really awesome, you know? So, so it was kind of an interesting, an interesting turn of events really, because what's crazy is they loved my producers, loved my personality. So they still showed my audition, mm. even though I didn't make a team. And I still got like thousands of followers on social media platforms just from 
being on there, even though, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of, I felt like I won in the end, you know? That's pretty wild. I didn't know about the followers thing, but that's interesting. Like, I, I think that's such a fascinating thing where it's even more of a sign that it wasn't, it wasn't the right time for you to do that, but you really had the right thing coming up. Yeah. And you know, uh, one of my favorite comments that didn't make the TV version um, was Adam Levine said to me, he's like, you know, cause he was, I think he was like the last chair. Like they're all giving their little like commentary on like what they thought and whatever. And I'm just like, yep, totally. Yep. And when it got to him, he's like, you know what I like about you? He's like, you're going to make it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he was like, because he said, you've, you've really just taken all of our feedback very gracefully. He said, and I can just tell that like, you understand that this is just a show, mm. that it's just a TV show. And that like, you're going to go and like, you're going to like do something with this. And I was like, wow, that was really what a word, you know, from someone so successful. Um, and that really stuck with me. Yeah. I, I can see why they would have cut that out of the show. If he says the voice is just a TV show. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're like, uh, excuse us. <laughs> so we've heard the phrase Nashville's a 10 year town and this was all 2015, right? So, I mean, this is nine years yeah. before you get your first yeah. album out. And I, I just think, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if people understand how much work goes into sort of publishing and development and getting the things out there. I mean, I think people just assume that it's, you know, flip this, you know, flip the switch and here we go. We've got a career and it's taken yeah. you a long time to get to this place. Absolutely. And, you know, when I did come back and sign that publishing deal, um, like I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm a very goal oriented person. And I also, I think more than anything, I wanted to honor that it was a publishing deal. They signed me to get songs cut by other artists. They knew I was an artist. They knew I wanted to be a singer. And that was like my main goal. But I was like, they didn't sign me to a record deal. They signed me to a publishing deal. So I need to like really focus on writing songs that other people can cut. So I was doing both at that time, but I would say like there was more focus on getting outside cuts for 2015, 2016. I felt like I was really, really focused on songwriting and becoming a better songwriter. But through that process, that's when I really started growing as an artist and finding myself and my voice because I would write and write and write. And then I would be like, oh, wait, I don't want anybody else to cut this song. Oh, wait, I don't want anybody else to cut this song. And that was how I kind of started developing this like little small pile of Hannah Ellis songs, right? Where I was like, I couldn't, I just don't think I'd be, I'd be comfortable or happy if someone else sang this. It just feels so much like me um, that I just don't think it would hit the same, you know? And 2017 was the first time I released like, I'd release like music younger me, but the first time I like officially released music as an artist once I'd moved to Nashville. And it was just awesome to kind of have that time period to really grow, you know, and get cuts by other artists. That was awesome. But to really find myself. Oh, for sure. I, I don't, I just don't know if people really fully understand the publishing aspect. Like people right. sign, like almost everybody's got a publishing deal in Nashville, right? Like right. everybody's, right. that's like the first thing people do when they get to Nashville, they sign a publishing deal right. and they're writing songs for other people. And then they finally get a chance to hold on to some of those for themselves. And I, I also wonder yeah. too, what it feels like when you see a song that you wrote 
go to somebody else. You know, on the one hand, I'm sure you're excited because maybe you're making some money off that and you can pay rent for a little bit longer. Yeah. On the other hand, you're like, oh man, they did such amazing stuff with this song I wrote. I wish I had been able to do that. Right. You know, I would say for me though, I all of the songs that have been cut by other people, it felt like their songs. Mm. You know, I felt like, you know, Lightning in a Bottle is a great example. It's one I wrote for Carly Pierce and we didn't even, we didn't write it with her, but it's so her type of song. And I get to do my little flair on it when I sing it at writer's rounds and every once in a while I'll put it in my live set and I get to enjoy doing it my way. But when you hear her do it and you hear it on her record, you're like, yeah, this is absolutely a Carly song. It's made for her. And even after, not long after I wrote it, I was like, oh, I need to play this for her, you know? Yeah, I can see that too. Like I, I can see, especially with someone like Carly, I can see your vibe fitting well yeah. with somebody like her. And then you hear like Thomas Rhett came through town over the summer and he was talking about all of his number ones because he released this 20 number ones project. And one of the songs, oh, what was it? Uh, there was some song that he did that was going to be a Tim McGraw song, I guess. Oh, T-shirt. I think he said T-shirt was going to be Tim McGraw. And I was like, I just can't, and no disrespect, Imagine I just can't it. hear Tim McGraw singing T-shirt by Thomas. Right? Like, oh. It's such not Tim McGraw's vibe at all, right. you know? You're like, I don't get it. Yeah. But I can see you and Carly yeah. like matching up pretty well. Like I feel like personality-wise right. and style-wise, I can see that yeah. working. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was a really fun, like, part of the journey, too. And something that I'm still very open to, I literally got an email yesterday that an artist in town is cutting one of my songs. And, you know, they usually will ask first, you know, my team will be like, hey, we were going to pitch this or so-and-so heard this and likes it. What's, and I'm, you know, for me, there's so many songs that I've written that I love that it just gives those songs a chance to be out in the world, you know? And then there's space, there's space for me to put something else on my project, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I love how when all this is going on, you also meet your now husband, Nick, which I love this story and the fact that he's like literally the boy next door in a way, because you guys were in the same apartment building. It's a meet cute, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I think it's so yeah, amazing. No, it was. So we both moved into an apartment complex that was brand new. So we were first time tenants and all of the people that moved in at the same time as us were first time tenants. And it's a musical artistic. Um, so it's a grant from the city. This, this, um, oh my gosh, my brain is like short circuiting right now. It's like subsidized housing for artists. Okay. Thank you. We got there eventually. Um, so everybody there was singers, songwriters, painters, architects, and, it just created this incredible community inside the building. But I had lived there for a couple of weeks and my next door neighbor was having like a housewarming party again, because everybody's first time tenant. So everybody's new to the building. And so he was having a party and he invited Nick who lived across the hall. And, you know, he was telling me about this guy and he's so talented and all this stuff. And uh, we meet and it was not love at first sight. It oh, was, okay. there, were, there were, there were not sparks but um, we it was so funny because I was like, I thought, oh, this guy's very full of himself when really he's like, you know, I later find out that he was like, dude, I was so nervous in that room because I was still really new to the music industry. And I was like, oh, God, it, I misread that. <laughs> 
I think a lot of us can put on that face in that moment, right? Like I think sometimes in a lot of situations because of what I do for a living, people automatically assume that I'm going to come in with this big personality. So I like right. try to live up to that sometimes. And then people are like, yeah. oh, he's kind of a dick. And I'm like, well, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what how to balance this. I don't know how to balance it. That's right. You're like, sometimes I just want to be chill. <laughs> just let me sit in the corner for a while. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. Well, I love that that's worked out for you guys, and you've been married for now what three year coming up three years? Uh, almost three years. Yeah, gosh, ah, crazy. That's so awesome. What's been the best? Go ahead. We write tons of music together. Yeah. We get to do music together, which has just been so much fun. I was going to ask you what's been the best situation or the best experience of being with another songwriter. Like, I imagine having that inspiration together must be great. Oh, yeah, and like. I would say from the songwriting aspect, my favorite thing is he can push me artistically like no one else can, right? Like he can kind of go, I think you should write about these things in your life. I think you should address these things um, where it's very easy to, as an artist, kind of get in your comfort zone, do similar melodies, talk about similar content and and kind of live there. And he's not afraid in the writing room to go, oh, well, you should say this. And I'm like, I don't know, eh. you know, and and he can kind of really help me grow in those moments, which has been so fun. And I always appreciate. And then also, I feel like we get to cheat the system sometimes because he'll come play guitar for me mm -hmm. on really cool shows that I get to play. I'm playing C to C in Germany and London this year. And I'm like, my husband can play guitar. So that's good. <laughs> I think it's a good sign of your relationship too, because especially when it comes to art and something that you're passionate about, it can be tough yeah. to hear criticism. It can be tough to accept that, especially from a loved one that's close. Like that can, yeah. that could, that could create a lot of rifts as well. And yeah. I love the fact that you guys have found a balance where it's actually helpful to you both and not yeah. something that can hurt your relationship. Absolutely. And it's awesome too, because he, with, with us doing the same thing, he is a, my number one hype guy, you know, like he's just gassing me up all the time, telling me why I'm the best, <laughs> which is nice because I respect his musical opinion. So I'm like, I think he's being honest about this. Um, but then also I think it's just, it's so much fun to have someone that understands what you're going through. Like when you get frustrated by, some very minutia type issue that happens in the music industry that maybe the average person wouldn't understand. He's like, Oh, I get it. Or annoyed by a post someone else makes or annoyed by, you know, or excited by playlists you get added to like, he gets what it means. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to not have to be like, okay, let me explain why this is important or not important. So the album just came out a couple of weeks ago. What so far has been the most exciting thing for you getting here and just getting it out into people's ears? Oh gosh, there has been so many like very, very sweet moments. Um, I would say the release party was incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like a packed house here in Nashville. So many friends, fans, um, music industry, people that have supported me and worked on this project with me. That was just like, oh, like soul and life giving for me. And then also just the release date, the amount of people that shared it, loved it, um, posted about it, texted me about it. I was like, guys, this is more people have texted me about this than when I got married. And <laughs> like, really? And then also just from like a 
a DSP and a, um, you know, media outlet standpoint, the amount of like articles that rated it really high, or I was the cover of new boots, which is a big playlist on Spotify and country risers on Apple. And there was just like this awesome, just love that I really felt from Nashville to the point where at one point I said to Nick, I was like, if my cup were any more full, I'd drown. Like, you know, I just felt so loved and supported and, and I don't feel like it's tapered off. You know, it's very easy in today's musical culture to kind of go, all right, that was last week's news. Mm -hmm. We're moving on. And I just have still felt the love um, from all of those places, from fans and friends and family and just the natural community. And it's really given me a lot of um, hmm, sword I want to use here, just like peace about the project I put out and, and to say, you know, what you started with when you were like, oh, you interrupted me listening to it. And I'm like, oh, because people are really listening to this. And it's just been really rewarding. Well, I love all of this for you. I love you. I love your music. And I'm just so, I'm so over the moon that you finally got to this point after all these years of hard work. And I, I know that you have put your blood, sweat and tears into things because like, like I said before, we've had a chance to meet a couple of times. I know the kind of grind that you have been on trying to get out yeah. and get in front of people from radio to just regular listeners to whatever. I, I know how hard it's been. And I'm so happy that you're feeling some of the support and some of the excitement coming through uh, for this project. Yeah. Hannah. I'm just, I'm so happy for you. Thank you, Jeff. It has just been such a treat truly to be able to put this music out in the way that we have and to start the year with it. Like, yeah. I don't know that like I would have even thought or like put emphasis on that. Like when we picked the date, it was like the date that worked, um, you know, it was like, okay, cool. And it's just been such a dream to like, be like, Oh, okay. And now we're just going to spend this year supporting this record, playing shows and getting it into people's ears. You know, I'm actually glad you put it out in January because January tends to be a dead zone for albums. Like yeah. albums come out, but a lot of times it's like the, well, we don't really know where else to put this kind of album. Right, I'm right, so glad right. that yours came out and it's like legit, like it is a legit record. Thank it's you. awesome. So thank you for giving me something this early in the year to be excited about. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Oh, thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate that. Well, Hannah, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I look forward to getting you back through the area. You and Allison and Nick. Nick is always welcome as well. That's he's right. a, he's Absolutely. a good dude. We got to uh, go find our little seafood place with the girls again. That What is that market that we always go to? I love it so much. Belvedere Square. That's the one. Oh, it's so cute. Guys, Baltimore friends, you got to go there. Place we'll, is great. We'll go back again soon. I know. <laughs> I love it. All right, Hannah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I'll talk to you soon. All right, see ya. Bye. Big thank you to Hannah Ellis. Her debut album, That Girl, is out now, and you can stream it wherever you get your music. Let me know what you think after you check it out. I'm genuinely curious. Hit me up on Instagram at Adult Education Podcast, or you can find me on Instagram as well at St. Pierre on Air. Thank you to all of you for listening. I appreciate your time. Until next week, be well.